0: Hey everybody, welcome to the John D. Podcast. I'm your host, John D. Miller. Welcome to episode number 27, 27. Yes, right? Cinco, seis, siete. Yeah, okay, yeah, all right, I got that right. That's, I don't know. How are you? How you been? Got a great show today, this episode. Uh, Welcome back to the Lizard Mill Arts and Crafts Studios. Lizard Mill, L-I-Z-Z-A-R-D, Space Mill Arts and Crafts. Check out on Facebook, also uh, on Etsy at uh, Lizard Mill Arts and Craft Boutique. Got a great show today, though. It's really it's a good time. Got a guy that I've known for a very long time. Um, probably one of the best, one of the top, I don't know, three or four joke writers that I've ever met. Like, personally known. I mean, I've met people that were, you know, famous or whatever. This guy, you know, I personally know him. Uh, we haven't talked in a while, but you know, it, it was great. We had a, we had a great conversation. The audio gets a little wonky on uh, on my end again. Don't worry, I'm trying to take care of that. But it's a good listen. Um, and at one point, I kind of I kind of lose him. I had to get him back uh, hooked to reconnected. Ugh, I can't talk this morning, but it's a good listen. Guy's a nice guy. He's a nice dude. He's a very smart guy. And uh, he has an album on YouTube called Vintage. Uh, You can also, I think you find it some other places too. Um, But it's Mr. Andy Klein. Um, We talk about all kinds of stuff. More, you know, he's another friend of mine from my old DC comedy era. And uh, we talk about all kinds of things, you know doing comedy, him being in New York at one point, how he made his album Vintage, how he, you know, and, and some other stuff, too. It's a good listen, so forgive me for the, on my end, being a little off, but I'm, I'm working on it, people. Next couple episodes will probably be uh, just me, or maybe Liz might join in, so. But it's a good listen, and it was a good time, and, and we just i got to have him back on the show again because we just did not have enough time to to talk about everything that we wanted to talk about. So, we'll figure that part out. But for now, make sure you check him out. All right? Uh, yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> All right, folks. Enjoy my conversation with the, none other than Mr. Andy Klein. All right. All right. There he is, right?
1: Yeah. So yes. far, so good. All right. <laughs> Ladies
0: and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Mr. Andy Klein.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Um,
0: yeah. Welcome to the Lizard Mill Arts and Craft Studios, <laughs> which I always, I was telling my wife earlier, you know, I gave her exclusive naming rights to the studio. But if something happens tomorrow and they call us, it's going to be the Ziploc freezer bag arts and crafts studios.
1: So, so is this like an arts and crafts, uh little space in your house that you also go to to record the podcast?
0: Uh, no, the art, the arts and crafts part of the, of, is actually outside just outside the studio. But the, the, the studio is actually in a big storage room. So, oh, okay. uh, which is also uh so it's, it's, how would I describe it? It would be like uh one third studio two thirds uh random shit <laughs>
1: <I'm> oh, okay <laughs> but is the one third growing? Is it gonna be one half at some point
0: um, that's that's the that's the goal that's the goal
1: <laughs> one day when your wife's not home, yeah, uh
0: but ladies and gentlemen, so please welcome to the show, Mr. Andy Klein. this guy's uh, a guy I've known for a long time. I always do an intro and like a little outro, as I call it, type of a thing. But, uh dude, welcome to the show, man. It's great. You know, I, I know we haven't uh, talked, but I've known you for years. Yeah, um, you're a, you're a great comic.
1: Thank um, you.
0: You're yeah, um, and we'll you know we're gonna talk some stuff. Um But but go ahead and tell my listeners, all twelve of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's more than that I just always joke that it's, um, yeah. But it's. Uh, but tell my listeners Who Andy Klein is Where are you from What you do
1: Well I'm a stand up comic And I'm from Northern Virginia Leesburg is where I grew up right. um, I've been doing comedy since Well I have two start dates I have 94 is when I first First started but I kind of did it like as a hobby I wasn't really committed you know And then in 98 I got back into it for, like, for real, you know? Right. And I think that you, did you start in 98? Yes. Well, uh,
0: yeah, I did. I started in 98. Yeah, I, I think second or third time I ever did, like, a, the open mic at uh, Wise Acres. Yeah. Um, or somewhere around there. One of those places. It was the
1: first time I ever met you. Yeah. Well, so what time of year was it in 98? I was thinking about that. Like when all that came together, remember like, was it summertime or fall or when, when did you start?
0: Yeah, it was, it was, it was sometime warm. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I definitely,
0: I definitely remember standing outside talking to uh, a couple people. berbiglia was one of them and stuff like that. And I definitely did not have a jacket on. So, you
1: know, <laughs> right. So Yeah. He was coming around, around 98 too. Yeah. Birbiglia. Yep. Um because that open mic was the like that when i got back into comedy that wise acres wednesday open mic was exactly. like the only game in town really yeah. yeah the scene wasn't that big so everybody went there we all just kind of converged and yeah i remember like all these people starting comedy at like the exact same time right because when i was doing it back in 94 it wasn't like that like it wasn't it didn't all come together that way. It was just like a bunch of lone wolves, a few groups of friends, but I don't know. It was all fractured. And then suddenly in 98, it was like all these people about the same age from about the same area were all starting comedy together. And me, I had already, already done it, but kind of restarting comedy. It was kind of a, it was a unique thing. I I remember telling people back then, like, guys, it's not usually like this. <laughs> <laughs> you don't suddenly have like, Ten new friends your age that you have all the stuff in common with, you know. Yeah,
0: it it was a crazy time. It you know it was one of those things, and I you know I've told stories on the other episodes where, and I've talked with other comics like it. It was really, I don't know. I at at, at that point, it was really kind of like the Seattle grunge scene of comedy, for like for DC. Like it was really like. There was so many good comics, like I mean Aaron Jackson, Mike Barbiglia, like it was just it was crazy, man. It was really crazy.
1: Yeah, and everybody was coming through wise acres. Yep. Um I, I mean it's it's kind of like these days, it's kind of an embarrassment of riches for young comics because it's a lot more shows. We're kind of in a boom right now. But back then, it was literally just one open mic every Wednesday. And then if you wanted to go to Baltimore. You could maybe get on at Winchester's on Thursday, <laughs> if you wanted to. Which I mean, that mic was pretty good for a little while, but then that window kind of closed and it wasn't that great anymore. Right. So we all just converged on Wise Acres, and we all just all week would just micromanage our little five-minute set because we couldn't go up and run it. We would just think about it. Right. You know, and um, and also I think part of the reason everybody bonded, everybody became close is because we all didn't have like a second room. Let me do my spot and run to the next spot, you know? Right. Uh, let me do my spot and I'm going to go home and then I'll see you guys tomorrow. We only had that one night, so we never wanted that night to end. So like every Wednesday, get there at like 7, 7.30, show starts at 8, hang out the entire show, stops at 10. We weren't going to go home. That's crazy. So Go across the street to Mister Smith's, or go to Silver Diner first, then go to Mister Smith's. Stay there until last call. Right. After last call, stand in the circle, that comedian circle. Yeah. Stand in the circle, in the parking lot for like another half hour. Cops driving by slowly. Yeah, like, that's what we're doing. What
0: are these guys doing? Like we're just hanging out, being funny. I'm like all right, yeah. I guess. nobody has any guns, right? Yeah, we're good. Don't
1: worry about. We're me. just riffing, officer. We're just out here riffing. <laughs> And uh, because we were so starved for any kind of, you know, comedic interaction, it became a whole thing. Wednesday was like a like a seven hour night, you know? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. And so a lot of our growth as comics came off stage because we, we were only doing five minutes, five, six minutes on stage. Yep. But we're in the back. Hey, do this. Say this line. Do that. We're watching each other's sets. We're scribbling down notes, all that stuff which is pretty unique now because that's just not the way it goes. Now you just, you do your set, get in your car, go to the next spot, do another set, get in your car, go home. If you didn't hang out with anybody, doesn't matter. You're going to see him tomorrow. We're going to see him three more times this week. And for us, that was like, it. everything was concentrated on this one night, you know, at wise yeah. acres. Yeah, it was.
0: And, you know, and one of the things was, I would say is that, you know, some of my best memories and some of my best growth as a person, yeah, was when was doing Wednesday nights at Wise Acres and just doing the open mics and the people that I got to hang out with, what you, um, Rob Mayer, you know, yeah, even, you know, just Mike Payne, obviously my buddy Tom handcuff, Tom handcuff, that's his voicemail. <laughs> I always make fun of him, um, but it's just you know Chad Heft, It was just uh it was just days of just you know just like this is the fucking you know it was so weird to have something where it's like okay your highlight of the week is a wednesday
1: (laughs) yeah right (laughs) it's It's like like, yeah
0: wednesday's my best night don't talk to me on a saturday fuck you
1: and most of us didn't have like uh like a like a day job in an office right you know so we could stay out till two three in the morning. Yep. Even the the few people who had like a day job in an office would still stay out until two or three in the morning
0: yeah, and just, just suffer Wednesday. the next day. Yeah, it was just, it was just a Wednesday.
1: I, I mean, you know, day. when you're 23, 24, you can operate on four hours of sleep. It's no big deal. You know, you're like, ah, screw it. So, oh, yeah.
0: No, nowadays it's like if I don't get a good 16, uh, <laughs> i am I'm not
1: good. Right, exactly. You go to sleep when it's dark. You wake up the next day when it's dark. You're like, all right, that's (laughs) refreshed. (laughs)
0: Okay, I'm good. You know, but when you have a seven year old and you're 46 years old like me, you're like, I, 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 what, what day is this? Which is (laughs) funny because my son took a nap today. I hate to admit this, but my son took a nap today, and he woke up, and it was, you know, like six o'clock, and it was dark outside, and he was like, is it six a.m. or is it six p.m.? I'm like, oh my god, dude, if you have me had any idea how many times i've said that <laughs>
1: like,
0: right. do i need to be getting for work or no, no no okay no i'm good okay yeah right,
1: yeah <laughs> except your son hadn't been drinking the night before like there's no he's just confused no i was just drinking
0: earlier <laughs> that's what it was it's like, yeah, no. yeah 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 <laughs> it was yeah um but dude really i andy and i we were, we were talking so we so we talked the other night we hadn't talked in a while yeah. Um but but uh excuse me. Stupid beer. I um but really dude, I really think you're one of the and I'm gonna like I said I'm gonna say this in my intro. You really are one of the most solid joke writers I've ever met in my entire life. Thank you. Um I you just your delivery, your cadence, it's solid, man. It's solid. Like, um so one of the things I was wanted to talk to you about, though, was... And I've talked to a couple other comics. And so you actually, at one point, were in New York City. Yeah. Trying out the comedy scene. And I, I talked to Al Goodwin, and I've talked to some other comics about this. Um, but you went up there, man. And you were doing it. And um, I, I just wanted to kind of, you know, ask you, like, tell my listeners what was it like for you? Because that's, that's the biggest thing. Uh, yeah. Is that, you know, to be a comic to make, you know, cause I've told you, you know, I've said people like, you know, my thing was, I was going to go to LA. I was going to do cartoon voices. Um, and then I was going to do stand up at night. And I just, I just never had the gumption. It just never worked. <clears throat> but, uh, you were one of these people that I knew that I, you, you know, you went to New York and you, uh, you hit the clubs you hit the stuff do you have any experiences do you have anything that about that i mean i i it's one of the things that i'm just like wow this is it it was amazing so any club stories like where where did you work when you were up there
1: so i got there in at the beginning of 04 me and mike Payne actually moved up together right and it's one of those things where we've been talking about it and kind of the the, the general consensus was do comedy for about six years, get an act, get like a headline set or at least a really solid feature set, and then go to New York, right. you know? So this was 04. We kind of got our start in 98. So it was like right on time for that as far as the conventional wisdom of when when you move to New York, you know? Sure, yeah. Get an act, get on the road a little bit meet some people who live in New York, make some connections. So then when you get there, you have an act, number one. And number two, um, you know, you have people that you know there who can maybe help you out. So there's never enough people that can help you out, but you know, you at least have a few. Yeah. So that's what, that's what we did. There's
0: never enough people that can help you out, but
1: that's, yeah. Well, you know, for every 10 people who says, Oh, I'll, I'll hook you up, you know, like maybe one of them actually hooks you up. So Not totally true. through no fault of their own. They have their own lives and their own careers to worry about, but you know, they mean well, but what can they do for you that not many of them can do a whole lot for you. So you just get as many of those people in your corner as you can, and then move. That was the idea. And right around them, right around Oh four Oh five, because me and Payne went, we started going to open mics. We started going to these late night little rooms with like, you know, 30 comics, you know, like you're back at the bottom of a ladder. Right. And trying to get in, trying to get noticed, waiting to go on at the end because they don't know you yet, all that stuff. And then the clubs themselves, you know, the comic strip had an audition process where you literally, twice a year they would do this. You line up and then they let you in one at a time. You take basically take a number and they assign you an audition spot somewhere in the next six months. And you go and you audition and then if you pass, this woman, Starla, would watch you on a Monday night. If you passed, you would move up to be seen by Lucian, who was at that point right. still alive. Um, and if you pass through Lucian, you could get passed at the club or maybe you get passed for late nights, you know, all these things. So there was all these lines you had to. we had to kind of stand back in again. And yes. I didn't pass at the comic strip <laughs> the first time. I only auditioned the one time. Um I didn't pass at any clubs. Actually, I got some spots here and there at a couple clubs, but I wasn't technically passed until I got passed at the Comedy Cellar, which is extremely rare to that to have that as your only club that you're passed at because that's usually like the, you know, the pinnacle. Yeah,
0: yeah, that that, that that's a big one. Now, like to get on that, get onto the. So so it, to any of my listeners, like the the Cellar, if you've never been to New York City, um, that's a that's a big thing i mean it's like you don't you don't just get on there just nobody willy-nilly like usually it's carolines or something like that but yeah no i'm sorry but yeah yeah i mean at the time too because
1: these days a seller i mean these days pre-pandemic the seller had right the the seller has now you know multiple rooms they have like three rooms and you know more comics in theory would be passed because they have more spots Uh, At the time, it wasn't like that. It was very exclusive. It was very hard to even get an audition. And I kind of lucked out. I got an audition because Greg Giraldo got me an audition. I uh, miss that guy. God damn it. Yeah. I featured for him at the DC Improv. The first Thanksgiving weekend that I was in New York, I got booked that weekend to feature at the Improv. Just coincidentally with Greg Giraldo. Right. And he kind of took a liking to me. And eventually, like a year and a half later, got me the audition at the cellar. And um, it was funny because I had. He had told me he was going to help me out and he never really did, did anything, you know, I would see him in passing and he'd be like, yeah, 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 let's talk. And we would never talk, you know, that whole thing. Right. And then a couple of younger comics that I kind of knew had gotten auditions at the cellar. And so I just emailed him. I was like, hey, man, do you know, the process knowing full well <laughs> that I'm actually asking him to get me an right. audition but right. hey uh do you know the process because i've noticed they've got some younger comics they're adding to their roster it's <laughs> so right. like on a monday or a tuesday he emails me back he goes yeah yeah you got an audition this friday i was like oh shit so all right
0: i gotta put i gotta shave or something yeah i gotta i gotta get
1: ready for this thing
0: <laughs> gotta shave my balls and uh, get up there
1: <laughs> so i did the audition and um i passed Nice. But I still didn't get a lot of spots. I got very seldom would I get a spot at the cellar, you know? So it's like, again, bottom of a new ladder. Right. So I was past at the cellar, but I wasn't past anywhere else, which was weird. I auditioned at Dangerfield. I didn't pass at Dangerfield. <laughs> I didn't pass at uh, Stand Up New York. I got spots at Caroline's on the, like the new talent night on Tuesdays. Never got right. a weekend spot. So it was always like New York was like two steps forward, two steps back, you know, the whole time. Right. I never quite got momentum there when I, I think that first maybe uh summer or fall was the carnival comedy challenge. Yes. Yes. Um, yes.
0: I was in that. Yep.
1: Yeah. You came up for that. And um, like, I got to the, got through the semis and got to the final, and, but you, then didn't really do that. You know, didn't really get anything out of that. So it was like a lot of that. I was like, Oh, almost I, uh, some people like me. Oh, not, not enough. Not the right people, right. you know?
0: Yeah. But dude, you were so, you're so solid, man. Like you just, but it, no, but I, 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 real quick, I just, I remember, um, you know, and I, I would come up and I, you know, I, I got some spots through different people where I would do, you know, I got a spot at like Caroline's or I got a spot at like, um, you know, uh, other places. And, um, yeah, but I, I just remember one night it was, I was sitting there and it was me and you, and uh Mike Payne, I think Rob was there, Rob Mayer. Yeah. And stuff like that. And it was just like we were sitting in this like um open air like we were indoors, but it was like an open air, like New York City cafe. And I was just remember sitting there being like, This is fucking cool as shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, New York has its charms for sure. Like it's yeah, it's it's a hard city sometimes, um, especially if you don't have a lot of money. And yeah, okay. also, it's a I mean, if you have money, it's a whole different city. And also, if you if you like to drink and go to bars and restaurants, which I don't, I'm not a drinker. So, again, right. it's a different city for you. There's more for you there than there was necessarily for me. But
0: well, it was just funny because I remember that night, like uh, I remember we were all sitting in that little cafe and whatever. And then I went and met back up with my buddy Tom Hancock. Yeah, and um, we went, we went out drinking, and then because uh, he was hanging out with his friend who worked at a bar that lived lived in New York, and uh, I just remember being at like five o'clock in the morning. We were like, "Okay, I need to go to sleep now." And there was some dude banging on the uh, grocery store at the like the ground floor of her apartment building, being like, "Hey, can, I, can <laughs> a motherfucker get some jacks? I'm like, "Jesus Christ! All right, I'm out of like." <laughs>
1: Yeah. When I first moved there, like they had just sort of started their little their smoking ban. You couldn't smoke in bars anymore. Right. So people would then go smoke just on the sidewalk outside of every bar. Right. But all those buildings, there's people living above you. There's like these are apartment buildings with like a bar on the ground floor. So all these people who live there would be pissed because all these people now are out on the street. All these smokers, you know, riffing. They're outside of the circle doing that stand in a circle thing. So I remember there were some stories about like, oh yeah, we were outside of a bar smoking and someone from like the fifth floor just threw a bucket of water on our heads. You know? <laughs> Tell us to shut up.
0: <laughs> well, that's New York. Hopefully it was just water. You never know.
1: Yeah. You never know. That's right. You gotta go to get it, get tested for some shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I was in New York for four years and then wow. basically like, like our lease was coming up for renewal. And then my wife, now girlfriend at the time, her roommate had just moved out. And we were kind of at the point in our relationship, we've been going long distance that whole four years. Right. And we've been together for four Which years. she's a
0: great lady, by the way.
1: Yeah, also a former comic from the Wiseacres yes, days.
0: Yes, yes,
1: So we were together four years before I moved. And Mrs. then four Klein. years. <laughs> Mrs. Klein. Four <laughs> years while I was there. So I was like, well, it's time we move in together. So then I moved back to moving with her. In the back of my mind, kind of thinking, well, maybe one day the two of us will move to New York together.
0: I I, I was... uh, Sorry, not not to interrupt, but I was just... I don't remember... I don't remember... Well, I I don't want to say her first name because I don't know if she wants to be on the podcast mentioned, but it was... She wanted it said one way or the other, and I don't remember which one it was, but... uh, Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like the condensed... for. Like, for instance, my wife... Yeah. Is named elizabeth but she goes by liz most of the time
1: so yeah my uh, wife um for just for argument's sake hypothetically is named elizabeth right and she does not like the any shortened version of that
0: oh okay that's what it was okay okay yeah. okay, yeah okay gotcha, gotcha gotcha okay so anyways elizabeth yeah yeah because people
1: people always are going to call you liz if that's your name <laughs> They're just going to shorten right. it right and uh she's not she's not not into that but
0: it's it's like what it's like when people sit there and call me Jonathan. I'm like, who the fuck are you talking to? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Um. Anyways, I'm sorry. So so so, so what white sorry. okay? So you you moved back from Northern Virginia.
1: Yeah, moved back. Oh, I mean, me. I was in New York when Move I got to New York. Florida. Big Al was there. Yep. Um. He was there for like a year. Like sort of overlapped, and then uh, some other DC comics kind of moved up toward the end, overlapped, but. I just felt like, yeah, I'm kind of sick of this place. Let me take a break. And then I moved back to Virginia and never moved back to New York. Like, it was kind of like, oh, one day maybe, you know, we'll figure it out. And then we just kind of settled in where we are. You know, she got a good job. And, you know, I kind of settled into back to the D.C., whatever, Northern Virginia thing. And I've been back ever since. You know, I've I've only been back to New York a couple times since then, actually. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, but 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 no, but but the thing is, is that at least you gave it a shot, and that's what I give you credit for. And um, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, you go out there, it's like you know. when I went out to L.A. a few times and stuff like that, and I went to New York a few times, and I hung out with some people that I knew up there, and it's like, you know, he's it's, it, it's not for everybody. The lifestyle, it's not that the talent. It's it's, <clears throat> you know, I, I I've told my wife. A lot where people will ask me, you know, when I was, especially when I was doing stand up, and they would say to me, like, who's the best comic you ever worked with? And I'm like, you've never heard of them.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Because you'll literally, you'll watch this comic. You'll literally, you know, you know, bust out laughing the entire time and you'll go home and the next morning you'll be like, what was that guy's name? I don't remember. Like, right. you won't even know. Right. You won't even know. So, I mean. well, that's
1: one thing that uh I think young comics today have uh much more than we did was kind of marketing savvy. Yes, I mean there, you know, we had people. There were a couple comics occasionally who would like ha- hand out their business card. You know, and, like that's kind of the extent of it. That's as far as <laughs> or a we magnet. took it. Yeah, <laughs> like a little mag. Well, hey, here's a shot glass with my face <laughs> on it. You know, yeah, exactly and now it's like there are there are a lot of younger comics probably because they grew up in the age of social media who just know how to brand themselves right and they know how to like market themselves they have sort of a, an instinct for marketing that we never had you know right we never had like had merch or any of that stuff until later and you know we weren't we weren't building up a mailing list the way we should have been and all those other things right and so that definitely helps and also when you do that, you don't have to necessarily live in New York. It's nice exactly. if you can, but it's not as required. So, you know, it's all sort of like, looking back, it's like, oh, th- there's some lessons that we can learn from you know, the youngsters on the scene these days. You know, I try, I try not to pull that sort of, like, old veteran card, <laughs> you know, where I'm just like, oh, you kids don't know anything. Because I remember that back in those days, too. Those those bitter old veterans would come through on the weekend sometimes yep. at it my and
0: supposed to be white but it's kind of off yellow
1: <laughs> yeah well you could tell man they're sort of in give up mode and they're all they're kind of crusty and they look 10 years older than they are and and i mean i, I worked with the disgruntled clown once oh my god and uh like he was he was like hey let, let me take you out to lunch i'll tell i'll tell t- 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 you all about comedy and like i'm like ah, that's all right man yeah, like, I'm good. I don't want to go to Subway
0: and I don't want to hear you talk about comedy.
1: Yeah, but it's like, you know, they, <laughs> they, want to, they want to get the young comics and tell them how the real comedy goes. You know, what's the real shit? And I try to be cognizant. Like, you can learn things from people who are 10, 20 years younger than you, who have some shit figured out that you don't have figured out. So right. I always look at it like that, like younger people now. I'm like, oh, yeah, we could have. Why didn't we think of that? You know, why don't we brand ourselves earlier? I mean, I know we we tried some things later, but you know, we could have done more. Yeah, it's it's like uh, you know, I you know, you know, and I were talking the other night,
0: and uh, I was telling you my story, which I won't rehash the whole story now. But uh, by the time that I was trying to do a spot out at a club in L.A., and they're like, "Yeah, uh, this guy Dane Cook's gonna do a set." <laughs> And he was supposed to be like 12 to 15. And he did like 45 and yeah. destroyed the room. And I'm just standing there. like, this, like young young and just like, what the fuck do I do with this? <laughs> and then, and then I'm sitting there and like two or three years later, all of a sudden he, I mean, he, he was blowing up anyways, but I just read this whole story about how he literally, um, he paid like $80,000 or something like that. And don't, don't quote me on that listeners i don't know but um yeah he paid a bunch of money and just did a bunch of facebook's ads and boom
1: yeah i think the the legend of dane cook was like he was very savvy marketing wise first of all and the internet and social media especially was so new that you know a lot of people didn't know that it could be a tool we just thought oh i got a top eight friends it's my space you know look i made glitter go across my screen you know whatever (laughs) And he was, what you could do for a while, I think it was on the MySpace days. Yeah, it was
0: MySpace, yes. You're right. Yeah, correct.
1: You, could search, you could search for friends just by zip code. Right. And if he was going to be in a city, this is what I was told. I, didn't, I don't know this for firsthand, but he would search by zip code and just message all those people. Anyone who's sort of, you know, younger, you know, maybe he felt like was in his audience. Hey, uh, I'm going to be at the such and such comedy club. It'd be great if you came out and he like built relationships and, you know, put out cards on all the tables for people to, you know, go to his website. He spent all this money on a website. he like, again, legend has it like 25 grand on a state of the art website, which again, back then you had to have someone build your website. You had to know how to build a website. And now you just go to Squarespace. You just drag something over and you're done. Right. Um, Yeah.
0: I, I've looked at it and I'm just like, this is easy. And then uh, I remember years ago, my friend was literally had a business building websites. And then, you know, five years ago, he's like, yeah, I got no work. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> right? It's, it's like, yeah, because because they fucking fixed it. That's why.
1: Yeah, no one needs yeah. you. You're obsolete now. Uh, yeah. We can all build websites. Yeah, we figured and, it out. Yeah, you're not special. <laughs> so, uh, and so I think he was ahead of the curve on that too. And he was. Playing colleges and college kids are a little more savvy about social media themselves, and so he's building up a fan base that way. And then every other comic in the world tried to do the same thing, right? But it was too late; like it was, he had already done it. And so then Facebook comes along, and Twitter comes along, and some people get big on Twitter, and some, everyone else tries to catch up to that person. And some people get big on now TikTok, and everyone's trying to. Oh, this is how you get big on TikTok. But there are certain people who figure it out before everybody else.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Like I, I sat there the other day and like uh, I turned, like you know, I when I turned on my my phone was already on, but I I looked at my phone and I had a notification that three people that I know personally were following me on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm never on Instagram. What the fuck did this? I mean, like I'm on there, right? I I technically have an account, but. I'm like I don't ever
1: post shit on there, and they're. Just, I'm just like, all right,
0: well, good for them.
1: <laughs> and if, the thing, if you want to build an audience, you got to post relentlessly. Like you have to love yeah. it. You have to really have a passion. And like for me, I can't. Like I've put up Facebook. I, I I've I've done a sponsored like a two minute video of me doing stand up. I've done like a sponsored post on Instagram where you pay like, you know, thirty five bucks or whatever, and. Right. Yeah, it got like 4,000 hits, more than it would have by far, you know, if I didn't do that. But, you know, there are people who know how to work the algorithms and they know all the all the ins and outs, how to put a title on a video that makes it intriguing for people to click on. Like, I'm one of the things that was to my benefit early is to my detriment now, which was early. It was like, I'm just like a purist about the jokes, man. (laughs) I just it's got to be about the jokes, man. Like, I'm not I'm not flashy. Like I would I would intentionally wear like a plain t-shirt or a polo shirt and jeans. Like nothing right. flashy, nothing att- the jokes get all of the attention, man. I remember those days. <laughs> yeah. And that was like an early 90s like ethos also. Like it was this I grew up kind of in that mentality. Right. It's all about the music, man. You don't need to wear <laughs> makeup. <laughs> you know, that whole thing. And I was like, they're right. <laughs> it is all about <laughs> And yeah. so, and so like that focused me on jokes completely and not didn't, it took my focus completely away from selling myself, marketing myself, getting new headshots every two years. You know, remember how everybody had, would have the same headshot for 10 years?
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no, you, you get a headshot, you know, like I remember going to different clubs or whatever and like you, you, you see the headshot and you like see the person and it's like, you know, so-and-so <laughs> and you see the headshot. And like they're, and you'd literally be working with that comic, yeah. And you'd see their headshot like hung up on like a comedy club wall, yeah. And you'd be looking at them. Like I remember one time I was at the, um, I was at the Comedy Zone in Greensboro, uh, North Carolina, and I came out of the bathroom, and I remember looking at, and I was like, oh shit, that's the comic I'm working with, right. And then I'm looking at their head, like their hairstyle, and like all this other shit, and I'm just like. That's not the that's <laughs> not the person that I know. What the fuck is this? Like, you know, it's just like
1: Oh, it sucks. There's another guy with his name? That's kinda yeah. suck. Oh my like, yeah, is
0: this his twin brother that's uh, stole his identity? Like what the fuck is this? Like it's
1: just Yeah, you see those headshots are kind of turning yellow. They've been on the wall for so long. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. the name is fading. It's a it's so old that it has a phone number that doesn't even have an area code at the beginning. <laughs> it's like <laughs> That's how far back before people dialed area codes, that's when they got their headshot yeah. done.
0: It's like KL one five seven. Right. It <laughs> was like, Yeah, all right. I'll
1: yeah, so what? Uh, headshots, year. who cares? You know? And uh yeah, it's like then people the, some people were savvy to get a new headshot every two years. Now you don't even need a headshot. You just someone just pulls no. a picture off of your social media accounts and puts it on the flyer and you don't
0: well,
1: it's do, unnecessary. Do
0: you, yeah exactly and but do you remember like selling like sending like tapes like tapes to people
1: oh i got so into that man i had yep so we found a site that sold custom 15 minute tapes Oh no way! because otherwise you'd have to go to walmart and buy like the six hour tapes and just put a fifth a 10 minute set on the tape you know i know it was a fucking waste of money so these custom 15 minute yep. tapes you're like
0: I could record The Simpsons for six hours, or I could put my 15 minute set.
1: <laughs> right, and then the 15 minute tapes would also have a, a nice case. Yep. and then we would get these like shipping label things, those Avery labels, and put our name and phone number and email address, our you know AOL email addresses, because that's the era we're talking about. Some yeah, people would too- have like a logo. Most people wouldn't. It would just be like you know Times New Roman font. My right. name, my phone number, my email. Stick yep. that on front yep. of the front of the tape. Put the label on the tape itself because you could print out labels for the tapes themselves. And then a, a bio and a headshot. And put all that into an in a padded mailer and just yep. send it off.
0: Yeah. Put it put it in like a little box or a little padded uh, yeah padded uh, mailing envelope and be like all right it's let's pray.
1: Yeah, and then <laughs> and then you wait two weeks and you call. And then they're like, oh, the booker is, uh, he's in a meeting right now. <clears throat> and then, you know, you wait another week and call, like, you know, the, who knows what the truth is. But <laughs> the bookers are impossible to get on the phone. A friend of mine uh, had a good system, though. He said, here's what, here's what I do. So he had, first of all, a very nice folder for his headshot and bio. Like, you know, you get an office depot, you pay the extra couple bucks for the folder. Right, and so it would like open up and it would almost be like a display of like the headshot on one side and the bio on the other, and then he would send it on like uh, you don't want you don't want to call a comedy club on a Friday, no, that was the rule. Like they're busy, <laughs> oh, no, you don't want to be like some thirsty young comedy, like hey, I I sent my tape. Do you have any openings? Like because <laughs> yeah. to... they're gonna never book you. So... Yeah,
0: T- Tuesday around uh, two o'clock. Like so yeah
1: so so the the goal the, what, what happened was this guy would send out his tape like maybe on a monday you know or maybe on a send it on a friday and it would be like two-day mail like priority mail so you know it's going to get there in about two business days right so he would call on the day that it arrived like you could track it and know that it arrived or maybe the next day you know, in case it arrived late in the day or whatever Get the booker on the phone and say, hey, look, I sent the tape. Uh, I know you haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I just want to make sure you guys got it. I sent it. Uh, I want to make sure you guys actually received it, just double checking on that. And the booker's like, oh, yeah, I got the envelope right here in front of me, actually. Yeah, it came in. Okay, yeah, okay. I know you haven't had a chance to watch it. I don't want to, like, you know, be pushed or anything. Just want to make sure you got it. Is there a good time to call you back? And the guy will say, yeah, give me a call back uh, two weeks from now. call Tuesday between 1 and 3. That's when I take off." call. <sighs> So you've got the booker on the phone. You've been courteous to him. You've confirmed he has your tape. And he has your tape right in front of him. And when he hangs up, he might be more likely to watch your tape. <laughs> yeah. Like a mind game you're playing on this booker, you know. <laughs> so, like, that's the other thing. Like, people have these little tricks in games. Because you're just sending a tape. I remember it being at the DC Improv. And they just had a shelf. Full of videotapes. Yo, I was like, oh, <laughs> no, there's no way anyone's watching tapes.
0: I remember sitting in, um, yeah, I remember sitting in John X's office. Yeah. Uh, his former office, but uh, I remember sitting in his office and just sitting there. And I was just like, what are all these tapes? And he's like, oh, those are comics.
1: <laughs> right. You want to watch and one? I,
0: <laughs> yeah. But, but no, but yeah, I was just like, um, all right, well, who's, you know, so-and-so? And he's like, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't looked at it yet. <laughs> it's just sitting, on the, just sitting on the shelf. It's like, okay. All
1: right. Yeah, I haven't looked yeah. at it yet. It's been there for four years. Uh, one of these days I'll get to it.
0: Yeah, one of these days I'll blow the dust off of it. And or they whatever. get like an
1: intern, like some sad intern has to go through all the tapes. <laughs> and, watch all the- and now that sad intern is making decisions about your comedy career. Yeah, you get booked at this exactly. club.
0: Like, yeah, I've been working at this for uh, you know ten years and working hard and driving hours and hours on the road, and now you who uh, <laughs> live in a one bedroom apartment are telling me how to, you know, what my comedy career is going to be like. Okay, that's great. Right? Uh, yeah,
1: this makes total sense. This, <laughs> this industry makes total sense. The way it's all structured.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which I've, you know, I've always. Told my wife, you know, I'm almost like, you know, it's like, she's like, what are the things you, she's like, well, one time she was asking me, she said, well, what is, what was one of the biggest things you didn't like about comedy? And I told her, I was like, I, it was the rejection.
1: Constant. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Because when you're a comic, I mean, all you want is acceptance. I mean, that's the reason why people, I don't know. It, 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 it's one of those, it goes to the old adage of, you know comics are really some of the darkest people <laughs> that you'll ever run to at least on a basic level right so all you really want is acceptance and it just kind of got down to like you know you just get told no 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 but for some reason
1: <laughs> you know well even people who got things didn't know how that happened right like they'd be like they get booked at some club you know like like how'd you manage that i've called that club a hundred times they never even answer they're like i have no idea i just called one mm. day and the booker picked up i don't <laughs> know yep. how i did it <laughs> you know? yep. i don't have I any definitely... secrets it's all just this random thing where you yeah. just and at the time like we had to go on the road there wasn't a scene locally where you could get a lot of stage right. time right so we had to go through that like that desperate like. Every two weeks, call this club. Every two weeks, Booker's in a meeting. He's got a lot of meetings. They all got meetings.
0: Yeah, they yeah. all have meetings and taking dumps, I guess. Yeah, they
1: all just stepped away. <laughs> That's what <I> <laughs> <Yeah. about. laughs> oh, he was just here. Like, well, can you leave me on hold? <laughs> like, I got nothing <laughs> to do. I'm just sitting here. <laughs>
0: That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many times I call the club. Like, oh, he just literally just stepped out. Hold, Can you? can he call you back and you're like fuck alright well he he apparently steps away a lot Do you, do you pay him for that like right. Jesus Christ like,
1: there's another ugh. he took three lunches today like what's going yeah. on he's at lunch again I remember when the Pittsburgh Improv first opened which was like o two o three, I think and um, they had three managers and they were all coming from like a restaurant background a lot of them had been comedy bookers before But they knew how to run like a, you know, a restaurant. So, and they were all very nice. And, you know, I sent a tape and a few of us sent tapes and had various levels of luck getting someone on the phone. But the managers, all three of them, they had, they had like three different calendars. So like you (laughs) would have double and triple bookings because they never communicated with each other. Oh, hey, I already booked that week. Was that a Gary Banky? Uh, and I, it was, no it wasn't but that's another one but there was like and I, they, I'd be calling that club and I'd get the manager on the phone and they'd be like hey do you want a feature for uh, Flip Orly and I'd be telling them Flip Orly doesn't need a feature he's a hypnotist he does the whole show like I'm telling them like you guys right. don't book any openers for Flip Orly and so then you'd get the booking but then you'd call back to confirm it and it turns out the other manager had booked someone else and the third manager had booked someone else, and you know it was just the whole thing like I, I think Rob actually drove to Pittsburgh, yeah, I think yeah, I think he was one, yeah, and I got think there I really and was. found out that they had double booked that like, he wasn't officially confirmed basically and I think he had actually con- called to confirm like a week before because he always had to call to confirm, right. and he still drove all the way out there, and they didn't have him on the books, you know like just. And what do you Is that sad drive home, you just get back in the car and <laughs> <laughs> turn on some sad music and, well, okay, that was fun.
0: Cut your road, take me home. <laughs> right. You're just like, fuck me, running, Jesus the Christ. The whole drive, you're
1: like, why am I even doing this? What am I doing? Yeah.
0: <laughs> but that's how it was. I mean, you know, you, you, you just... Yeah, on the road. I mean, but that's that's the thing. That's a thing. It's one sorry, it's my running gag. Um <laughs> But it's one of those things where, you know, like you'd be out and you'd just be on the road and you know, a lot of people sat there were like, Well, you know, and I talked to some comics who are like, you know, if you want to be in comedy you gotta move to New York. If you wanna do this, you gotta move to LA and Yeah. You know, and and like I, I considered moving to LA at one point, but um But I I really, I cut my teeth on the road. I mean, I, you know, driving 10 hours to Johnson City, Memphis, Tennessee, (laughs) something like that. And then on a Friday and then turn around driving 10 hours home. And it was, you
1: know. For a hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe 200.
1: Maybe 200. But then you got gas and you got to stop for food two or three times.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so he came home with like 80 bucks. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, 80 bucks. Like, all
0: right, well, this sucks. <laughs> but, but hey, I'm doing what I love.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like, that's, uh, these days, the scene, especially in DC, but I think a lot of cities, like the road has kind of dried up a bit. That, that particular type of road gig. And it's right. more focused, well, especially now, but yeah. 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 Pre pandemic, even, but the, it was like, it's focused more on the cities. And cities had these growing scenes as kind of a boom. So if you're a comic in D.C., you can get on stage seven nights a week, some nights more than once. And with crowds, like it was pretty rare for us to have crowds outside of the Wise Acres shows. And, um, you know, you don't have to do that to yourself. You know, on the flip side, you're only doing five or 10 or maybe 15 minutes. You're never getting that half hour. You know, because that was that was part of the allure. Like, okay, I'm gonna drive six hours, but I'm getting a 30 minute set. Right.
0: Instead of doing showcase shows.
1: Yeah, I'm getting a 30 minute set. I'm learning how to be on stage for a long period of time. But the sacrifice and that's the other thing, too, like. You don't even know if if you're going to be a comic yet, you know, like you're like, I'm trying this out. I think I'm good at. But the only place to get more stage time is on the road. So we were all structuring our lives. Like I delivered pizza, Rob delivered pizza. Um, Chad worked in a warehouse, like, uh, you know, Andy Campbell waited tables, like all these flexible jobs. Yeah. Yeah, You waited tables, all these flexible jobs so that you could go out there and figure out if comedy is for you. Like we didn't even know if comedy was for us yet. And we were already restructuring our lives for comedy and you put everything on hold. You know, you, you don't have a four hundred one k. You don't have health insurance. Um, you're not saving any money because you're, you know, any t- every time you get a gig, get a take off of your hourly job, which loses money at the job. Right, racking up a million miles on your car. You know, like right. becoming that crusty road guy. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you see it. Yeah,
0: exactly. Because that crusty road guy and telling your girlfriend like <laughs> I'll be back when I'm back. I don't know when that's gonna be. All right. Catch a whatever.
1: Catch a glimpse in the mirror, you're like, I don't look like my headshot now. You know. <laughs> and, so, and so it's like and it, it can become unhealthy because the lifestyle, there's more drinking, there's drug use, there's all these things right. and you're like two years into the comedy. You don't even know if like, you're still in the phase where you're trying to figure out if this is for you, but you've, you've got this gap on your resume. Now you have no, no money right. coming in. You've got no retirement. You've got no health insurance. So you're an, a less healthy person, you know, but right. we had to do it. Whereas now, even though you don't get the 30 minute sets, you can keep your day job. You can bank some money. You, you keep your health plan you can get something that transfers you to New York if you have an office job or whatever. And so there you're they're a more healthy person. At least you have the opportunity to be a more healthy person, you know, now. Yeah. And if you're a young comic, you don't have to you know, see yourself turning gray prematurely because of the road because that'll wear that'll wear you down, those road gigs, man. Like I've had oh, I didn't do a ton of them because I didn't do well on the road. But it's the worst, man, You go and you you bomb well, it, and then like some fucking some hacky guitar comic comes up to headline and just levels the room just destroys that room you yep. and then you gotta drive home thinking about that you know five hours six hours so yeah
0: I, I that was that was one reason why i stopped doing comedy i mean that's one reason why I kind of because i kind of got out of it because I wasn't living in New York. I wasn't living in L.A. Yeah. I was doing all these road gigs and I was just getting. Yeah. And it was, you know, either hack. Comics coming up, you know, like you go out there and you do, you know, as most original material as you could possibly do. And then you have these people that they come up and they they're doing you know, guitar shit, you know, where they change the words to, you know, yeah, they yeah. don't write the song. They change the words to the song. And they think they're fucking brilliant. Right. Or, you know, you get these hacky comics. that you know, they go up behind you and they're just literally, I can remember one time I was in Birmingham, Alabama at the Stardome, And this guy just, he wasn't even the freaking. I was the feature. He was the MC. He went out and it was literally like Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, like, to, <laughs> And it was just, that's, that's all I did. That's all I did. And then and, I had to go out and follow that. I'm like, what the fuck? I can't do this. Like,
1: Right. Yeah. Why am I here? Yeah. And I some people, like, fun. I mean, there are comics who can... Like, I don't think Andy Campbell ever had to change his act. His act was so universal. It worked everywhere. He didn't have to cater it. Right. Uh, Matusov. Mark Matusov is a guy who... He's himself in any room he's in. And his act translates, you know, any room he's in. For me, my act did not translate to butler pennsylvania or (laughs) altoona or marietta ohio or or rocky mountain north carolina or any of these places oh you
0: didn't do well in marietta come on man that's a that's a that was a good room i did
1: okay in marietta it wasn't great it wasn't bad i didn't bomb in marietta i just did okay but in fact, I did that with Andy Campbell, and like you know, I get off stage. And I'm like, I didn't do so bad. And Andy Campbell goes up, and he's killing. I'm Destroy. like, oh, there's a whole other level. Yeah, <laughs> destroys it. <laughs> with without about without it. catering, without turning his act into a road act, just doing his act. I'm like, okay, yeah, I can't right. talk about religion and gun control <laughs> here or most places <laughs> that have <laughs> stage time available to me. I have to. So it was like so. I, once I got out of the road what I could get out of it which is getting comfortable on stage for 30 minutes right just I mean that's a that's a skill that's it's uh you need to have it and like I'm like oh okay this is great I'm learning how to do 30 I'm learning how to keep my energy up keep my focus structure a set have a beginning middle and end all that stuff once I got that out of it someone told me like you know use the road don't let it use you and once I right. started realizing like, okay, I'm not getting anything else out of this because for me to do well here, I have to change my jokes. I have to make, have to dumb them down more dick jokes, um, change a bunch of references. And I'm like, I, I don't want to do that. So I pulled right. back, I did a, you know, did a bunch of, you know, the Pennington gigs and yeah, some Bix gigs and, you know, those kinds of things.
0: Right. And what, and that was one of the things that's another reason why I got out of, which I, I talked way many episodes back. Not that I have that many um, This is episode number 27, which I haven't said it. I always say it on the episodes, Vente Siete, <laughs> in the old es- Espanol language. Um But that's one of the things. That's another thing. I just, I got sick of it. You know, I mean, I was, I was starting to headline in some rooms, but it was also where, you know, you couldn't go and be smart. You, had right. to, you know, it's like the old joke where, you know, you're, you're you're shaking jing you know the jingly keys in front of the audience you know <laughs> right shiny metal objects and you're just that's what they like you know and it's like i don't ugh.
1: and anyone can do that and it's like you're not yourself anymore and so yeah. and that's the path though when you're that person who like you know at 25 26 27 stops the day job Puts all these gaps in their life, gaps in health insurance, gaps in savings, gaps in retirement money, gaps in everything and you do that and you stay out there too long and now you have too wide of a gap you can 't if you want to get a, a job back in the field you were in it 's probably not there you're, you're probably not qualified anymore you know because it's like what is this twelve year gap on your resume you know well, what do you,
0: what do you mean i can 't be a gas station attendant?
1: right mm-hmm. I know how to I know how to program dead computer languages, you know. So, so I you're
0: what Sanskrit is,
1: right? So you're stuck, <laughs> and you're you're stuck in a situation. So that's why some of those people have to stay on the road even after they started to get bitter and jaded, and started yep. to hate comedy because they don't really have anything else. And so those guys would come through Weisiger sometimes, and we'd go. We, we used to ha- we used to start our night on a Friday and Saturday at Wiseacres. Let me stop in there, yep. watch yep. a little bit of the show, then maybe we'll go out. Grab a bite to eat, maybe we'll go hang out at somebody's house. Maybe we'll just hang out here the whole night. You know, just but we always start it was a central location. We'd always just start at Wiseacres. Yep. And you see these people, and then eight months later they'd come back, and then nine months after that, they would come back and they would have nothing new in their act. Like they've given up. They're not writing anymore. They're just doing this because they have to tread water and make a living somehow, because they can't. There's too much of a gap in their life to do anything else. And so yeah. once you start seeing that, it's like, yeah, that's unhealthy. Like, you know, to do that to yourself is unhealthy. So it's what happened, what's happening now is great if you're a young comic. Like, if, if we were just starting out now, it'd be just, it's an embarrassment of riches. There's so many shows, so many enthusiastic crowds, but there's no money because it's all like free shows, you know? Yeah. So it's like an unpaid comedy boom, you know, so it's like back then you can make a little money, but that would actually kind of put you in a corner because now you're relying on that money to pay your bills and you have to drive to Johnson City and Paducah and all these places. Oh my God, I've been to Paducah. Oh my God. <laughs> I never oh, went. I, I never took the Paducah gig, but I heard about it.
0: I Yeah, I was there it was uh it was interesting um, <laughs> but i did i get i did get to spend a great weekend with the the late great uh spanky brown so
1: oh okay that's cool
0: yeah yeah he was a, he was a cool dude it was funny i got to watch him sing uh what well, got to watch a large black man sing country karaoke <laughs> um, so that was, it was it was it was surreal i guess i just probably about the best way i would describe it yeah um, yeah so but um okay so um we got some more things we well, yeah, we going off Jesus Christ. 54 minutes all right um so well, we were talking about well, all right well, well let's let's do this first yeah um let's talk about you have a podcast you were our co-host On a podcast.
1: Yeah. Uh, Three guys on. The word three, if you're looking it up, is three guys on. Um, Again, not a very marketing savvy name. (laughs) (laughs) Right. When we started it, it was me, Randolph Terrence, and Tim Miller. Three DC comics. And we were like, oh, three guys on. Just three guys on a topic. Every week we have a a topic we throw around. And now it's just we don't. we, We abandoned the one topic thing after like four episodes ten years ago um right. but it turned out that like all these other podcasts had three guys on in their name it was like three guys on a deck three guys on a boat <laughs> three guys <laughs> on my couch like there's was all these and they're all like gone now but it, like again it's like oh we should have like thought about a catchy name you know for the algorithms but um right. but yeah anyway we we we're still doing it. It's 10 years later. We just we just did episode 976, I think it is. I was
0: going to say, yeah, you guys started in 2010 is what you're talking about the other day? Yeah,
1: early 2010, like the f- uh, first part of 2010. Our first episode was published on January 12th, 2010. I think we recorded it about a week earlier. And then they just left it up to me like, hey, uh, go find a site that hosts podcasts. And I like spent the week trying to figure out how to publish that a works. podcast, you know. Right. Because 2010 it wasn't all that easy. But um yeah, we've been going steady since then. Tim was our third person for a few years and he kind of dropped off because he started he had a kid and he had some stuff going on. So now our third yeah. person is just we rotate and you know we have a, a few like rotating guests that come in okay. you know from uh week to week. So It's good. We have, and then we have a Patreon now. So we've got a, we built a thing. We got a thing going. So, so what
0: what do you? What is your, you know, what is your content usually normally? Well, it used to be. I would say it used to
1: be what we started at. Started thinking about was probably what a lot of comics think about. You know that post show hangout at the diner. You know where you just have the funniest conversation you've ever had or just these really interesting conversations. So we were like, let's record just us hanging out like that. And it's turned into now lately, it's been more social commentary level you know, political type stuff. And then also jokes too, or comics. Uh, But a lot of current events, what's going on in the world. And especially lately with the election and all that, it's it's just, it got so heavy this year. We're
0: going to, we're going to get to that.
1: (laughs) Right. And so it was, um, it's kind of been a few different things over the years, but it's just, you know, of, it's a few guys, you know, uh, sometimes women too, but it's a few comics sitting around talking and talking about what's going on that week. And lately it's just been, it's, it's been political, but also lately we haven't been able to talk about shows we're doing because we're in a pandemic. Right. So we would do a lot of that too, like talk about what happened at a show, whether something weird happened, you know, some crazy guy in the crowd or whatever. So it's just a little bit of everything. It's just, we're all, just kind of hanging out.
0: But it's uh it's it's three G O, right?
1: Yeah, I mean the yeah, three G O. It's the website is is just three guys on, all three words spelled out. Oh okay. and then Patreon is patreon.com slash three guys on, all three words spelled out. And um, yeah, so what we do is we record two episodes a week. One episode is behind the paywall, and then one episode is free. Thursday is free, Monday is behind the paywall.
0: So yeah, if you want to hear it, got to kind of force up some bucks, which I'm going to start charging people for my shit. God damn it. Why not? Make
1: a few bucks out of it. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, we'll get to that anyway. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, three guys on. Uh, are you on Apple or? or
1: yeah, Spotify? we're on we're in all the places. So, OK, you know, Apple, I think, yeah, we're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. Um, I think all the places. I don't, I don't know if we're on Google Cast right now. I think we were. And then we have to read resubmit or something like that but yeah where, wherever just google it. it it's it's wherever you get podcasts yeah all right
0: now i had a weird thing with google cast for a minute when they sent me an email and they were like you're not on never mind you're back on i'm like all right whatever
1: yeah i mean when it was like <laughs> google play like we were on but then yeah we got an email like that and so i don't know our host site podbean i think takes care of that normally but I don't, i don't i haven't checked no one listens to google cast <laughs> so right i know it's it's like spotify or apple
0: so right exactly yeah yeah um so one of the things that i was saying to you earlier is that i i really do think you are one of the best joke writers that i've ever personally known i mean i've met comics i mean i'm talking a few episodes back you know i got to sit and talk to george Collins for five minutes in lax because my flight got canceled okay cool. um yeah no it's great um but you really are you're you're really one of, one of the most solid joke writers I've ever met, and I want to talk about your album Vintage. Yeah, which it's dude, it's one of those albums. I, I I listened to it. Uh, when when did it come out? Real quick.
1: April of twenty seventeen.
0: Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Okay, so I had listened to it uh, probably twice. Yeah, <clears throat> but I think in the last two months i've probably listened to it about six times i got some because what when i was a kid um you know i would listen to out uh, well bill cosby Slimeball, ball but i would listen to um <laughs> no but I, but that but that's what i did as a as a kid and that's one reason why i was a comedian at one point is because to me listening to a great work of comedy is it's it just i i can just listen to it over and over and over and it's just the timing and the cadence and stuff like that and i gotta tell you man vintage and i was telling you this the other night vintage it's solid dude it is solid
1: yeah it's uh i'm it turned out probably better than i thought it would because you never know you know when you record especially there's like that jinx there's like a jinx whenever you're recording or you got the camera set up, like something goes wrong right. and uh, yes. you know, the camera it when
0: you're recording. Yeah. Like when you're not recording, it's like, I killed it.
1: Oh, and then you record. And you're like,
0: God damn it.
1: When you're not recording, you have that heckler that you have a perfect comeback on and you're like, Oh man, this would be great to post. Oh, the camera died. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. So I recorded three shows, three like hour long sets. I think I did an hour 10 each night. And then the, the album is an hour long. So I kind of tra- cut out a couple things, um, but it turned out really well. In fact, it turned out the reason I recorded it in December, 2016, and I did all the editing and mixing. It took that long to put it out April, like late April, because because there was like so much to choose from that did well. I'm like, I was trying to craft it and figure out the order and which show should I pull this bit from and that bit from. And I started hating in the sound of my voice. So I had to take a break, you know, and all that stuff. Right. But, um, uh,
0: where do I put the butt fuck joke in?
1: Right. Exactly. (laughs) Not too soon. (laughs) (laughs) Got to put it in a little bit later. You got to earn your trust first. (laughs) Dude,
0: that every every time I hear that, I literally, uh, (laughs) door number two, man. I swear to God, that, uh, kills me kills me anyways i'm sorry go
1: ahead yeah yeah so i um so i finally put it out and also that was my first album after like came out in 2017 so right after like you know 19 years that's part of why i called it vintage because right you know something that kind of ages well or whatever some of the jokes were older jokes that i brought back just because Mm -hmm. otherwise they just disappear into the ether like you don't have these jokes anymore we all have jokes that we stopped doing never recorded them and they just don't exist anymore. Right. And you can't bring, bring some of them back. I can't talk about being single, you know, right. dating. So you could talk about when you were. Yeah. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't breathe life into those bits. Like I wouldn't, you know, they, they exactly. wouldn't work, you know, they wouldn't exactly. be yeah. current or, you know, I would just not do them. So there's a lot of bits that just go away, but there were some that were like, Oh, I can bring that back. Maybe rework it, revamp it, rewrite it. So And then you're then you're
0: the old crusty dude again.
1: Yeah, hey, it's gather <laughs> around, kid. This is this is how an album should sound. <laughs> Let's have lunch. Let me tell you about albums, kid.
0: <laughs> Get yourself a club sandwich and we're gonna talk about how relationships should be.
1: Come knock on the door of my van about eleven thirty. Wake me up. <laughs> I'll take you to lunch.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So and then also right. I, I called it vintage because the um the picture on the front is an old picture from like me and my brother when we were like right. three and four years old maybe yep so
0: and, and he was your older he's your older brother
1: older brother one year older one year old so man. uh that like i was so i was like oh you know vintage is i wasn't sure of the title either but then once i once i saw that picture i was like that's gonna be the album cover and then it all kind of came together after that well It's the coolest shit cover.
0: One of the things that when I first saw it, which was a while back, you know, a couple of years, but I saw it and I'm like, what the hell are they doing? Because you had like like, your fist, you had like your fist up in the air. I was just like, what? Are they they protesting? Or are they just like, but it's just, but. So I think, and
1: this is, again, this is a story, you know, no one really remembers. Um, I was born in Iran. So my mother's Iranian. My father's American. So my father was over there, met my mother, they got married. And then I was, me and my brother were born there. We came here because there was a revolution. So you we couldn't stay. And right. especially if you have American blood in you, like it was like, get the fuck out, you know, death to America, you two kids, get out. And um, I remember you telling me that story. Yeah. And so, I think, I, I mean, just based on talking to, like, you know, my mother or whoever, like, most likely we were just because those protesters were out in the street at the time over there, right. you know, like, so we were probably just, you know, what kids do, they imitate what they see. And so we probably just wanted to take a picture of ourselves looking like protesters. I'm not even sure. Um, <laughs> but that picture somehow survived, like, you know, and I, had, I had never seen it until... You know a few months before the album came out i'd never knew that picture existed oh wow and my uncle who lives over there who was on facebook for a time he was on facebook just posting pictures from back in the old days posted that one i was like oh what is that i've never seen that before so i saved it and then when i was thinking about the album i was like that's gotta be the cover like you know that's that's such a unique picture absolutely so that that became the cover but um so yeah it all just kind of came together that's part of it too like it all just kind of worked that's man that's a cool story dude yeah and then like
0: like seriously like just to have something where you're like all right and then be like vintage and then you have you know your brother which you, people can go on what youtube and look up andy klein yeah K L K L I N E on youtube yeah yeah um and you look up Vintage, I'm telling you, but you see the album cover, and it's just... It's just a... It's a cool... It's one of those... It, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like... You know, you see some album covers, and it's like, you know, goopity-doopity, you know, whatever <laughs> type of shit. Right. Whatever. But that one, man, I'm telling you, man, it just... because, Well, alright. So what I was trying to say in a second was you know, you sit there and you, you, you look at, you see the album cover and you're like, well, what are these kids doing? <laughs> right. But, but, but then, but then you listen to the album and you're like, I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, seriously, like, I really mean that. With, like with very sincerely, like it's, it's one of those things where like, yeah, I get it. It's okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's all it's in the spirit of protest. A lot of those those bits, <laughs> a lot of those bits, and uh, it almost yeah. didn't come together the first night. I recorded three nights, and the first night I got heckled, and a guy and his girl walked out, and then three other people from a different table walked out. All the whole front row, basically, got up and walked out mid set. Uh, I was doing a bit about um, kneeling for the national anthem. Oh, okay. Yeah, yep, yep. which is on the album, and uh, yes, yes, it is. This guy who I, had, I had just, I had talked to him before the show. He was a comedy fan. He was like a very positive guy. He was a great laugher. His laugh can be heard throughout part of the album, the first half of the album, because. Right. is that Rob Mayer? <laughs> yeah. You, <laughs> you, yeah, you, would know Rob's laugh if he was on there.
0: Yeah, no, I do, I do. I was
1: just. And um, I'd got to that bit and it was about because of the colin kaepernick protest and all that was going on and kneeling for the national anthem and he brought up he stopped the show basically he brought up about how his brother had died in afghanistan in the military and you know this and that and (laughs) i shouldn't say that and i mean you know then the the table of three women like to my left turns out they were nurses in the military and they had seen some sad things and it was this whole weird heavy moment there was a guy in the back who was in the military who spoke up on my behalf he was like hey i'm in the military uh, i th- i think what we fight for is his right to say whatever he wants and the crowd clapped it's like a whole moment well, and this guy got up and left and those three women had gotten a little bit emotional about i guess the things they saw as nurses and they got up and left and meanwhile the bit wasn't even really a denigrating it was denigrating the military at all you know um so it was like this weird moment i was like okay well that's good for the first night of recording that's uh (laughs) no one has ever protested that bit not one time but i guess in the spirit of protest this guy (laughs) decided to raise his fist and just interrupt the bit so luckily i got a, a good version of it on i think the next night that same bit and that that's what went on the album yeah, it's solid, dude. I I just... Sorry, I was just
0: thinking about that. Oh, show your titties. Oh, wait, no, put them away. The song's playing.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, they're playing the plan song. Hey, have some respect.
0: <laughs> so I had listened to that, that album like a couple of times, but then I hadn't listened to it for a while. And then, like I said, I've listened to it probably six times in the last couple of months. I just... You know, I'm sitting there late at night. The wife and the kid are asleep, and I just... So I hadn't listened to it a while, and I swear, I um, that part came on and was like, "Oh, you know, show your titties." I don't put them away. The song's on, (laughs) and I, I almost—I saved it, but I almost spit beer on my floor. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was like, "Oh my god, that's freaking! That's too good. (laughs) It's too fucking good."
1: Yeah, that's so. Got yeah. A lot of my bits are me winning an argument in my head.
0: That's yeah. what it comes right. down to.
1: Like that's I've, that's what I've noticed. Like I'll see, you know how like when you yell at the TV because some someone says something stupid, or you right. yell at the radio, or you yell at a podcast you're listening to, or whatever. Yeah. A lot of my bits are me winning an argument, but you can't set every bit up with. I saw a guy on TV and he said something stupid, and here's what's stupid about it, because then your the act would be so redundant, <laughs> like, you know. She'd right. be the, like the most condescending comic <laughs> of all time but that's that's like where a lot of my material comes from is like i'll see something i'm like that's that's ridiculous and i'll try to like come up with a counter argument to it and then i'll try and then right. it'll be i'll find a way to say it funny but at least the last few years that's been my my act it's it's like
0: yeah, that's a that's a that's a good analogy on your comedy and that's that's a good um at least you know that, and that's good. As a like I said, you know, you, you know, you're a great comedy writer and a good joke writer, and that's a great way to. Which, by the way, if I ever had moved to LA and gotten like a sitcom or something, I'd have been calling you. Just so yeah. you know. Well, thank you. you know. <laughs> it's not, it's not yeah. too late. <laughs> no. Uh, well, no, probably not. Oh, oh. But um, but no, but I, but that's a good analogy on yourself, and that's one thing, I think that has made you a good joke writer over the years is that you, you do know yourself. Um, in that aspect and you do kind of understand like okay well i'm trying to win an argument you know with whatever um i although i i I like the uh your opener on there where you're like all right how many and i say this because i've done some some facebook advertising right for for the podcast and you're like how many people saw the facebook ad and that one lady
1: (laughs) one lady by herself
0: <laughs> yeah. she's like well you got your five bucks bag You're like yeah i don't I hard
1: <laughs> yeah I, I monetized i boosted my uh i because you can just buy a facebook you can buy whatever you want ten dollars twenty dollars yeah. 50 bucks and it, it always tells you like you've reached twenty thousand people yeah. in this radius have seen this ad i'm like oh this is gonna it's gonna be people lining up at the door for this thing yeah. and one person showed up No, I, but you
0: know what, I, one thing I'll say, but, but like with the podcast and I talked about a few episodes about analytics and it's like, you know, of course it's like 99% United States, but then I've had people in like Ireland and, uh, other places. And like one, it was like Singapore and I'm like, oh shit. All right. But it's like, but I've also had people respond where it's like, like I literally had like a free, um, thing from Facebook, like. Well, you spent twenty five dollars boosting your post and boosting your page. Yeah. So we're gonna give you, we're gonna give you a ten dollar ad credit. I'm like, for free. I'm like, all right, screw it, whatever. Okay. I literally got back. I literally got back things like, get the hell off my timeline, <laughs> uh, go fuck yourself. Uh, like it was just like, I, I'm just trying to promote.
1: Yeah. yeah just mute me if you if you don't want me on your timeline, just mute me or block me. Yeah. And you won't see yeah. me. That's all you got to do. Yeah. It's just like, get the hell off my
0: timeline. That was, that was the one that got me.
1: Right.
0: It was some lady, literally, that's what she typed: get the hell off my timeline. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know what the,
1: like you chose, you had nothing to do with that. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't target her specifically.
0: Yeah. I wasn't like, I'm going to target Rhonda that lives in, uh, you know, something Missouri. Like I'm not, I wasn't going after, her. I was just, you know. Oh, People
1: go on social media to be angry. Like, that's what gets them. Yeah,
0: no, that's definitely Gets what them
1: going. Tonight. Like, they, they just want to shit on somebody else and, and dump out all their problems on somebody else and they feel better for a little while and then it builds up inside of them and they have to go back and do it again. <laughs> you know, once you realize that, you're like, oh, okay, this is not even about me.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean,
1: you, you, you cannot win a social media argument
0: because, you know, It just, it's never going to happen because you're going to post and they're going to post and they're going to post and they're going to post. And then, you know, next thing you know, it's, uh, you know, Wednesday and you've been up since Sunday trying to argue with this person. And then, you know, like, like, okay,
1: this is stupid. So, yeah. Someone is typing a comment. You're watching those three dots bounce up and down. You're like, bring it. (laughs) Yeah. What do you got to say now?
0: Yeah. My brain's smarter than yours. Not really. Yeah.
1: And all, and these 20 people are going to know it. (laughs) so uh all right
0: or what yeah it's great talking to you we should probably all right so but uh what have you been doing what has mr andy klein been doing uh during all this this whole pandemic shit and everything else like that what have you been up to
1: um you know i've said this on other podcasts too, probably my own but i it turns out i am built for pandemics because i'm an introvert i like to kind of stay home and just kind of do my own thing so i haven't been out of the house in a month yeah i mean that's that's great (laughs) i love to hear shit like that like i'll go out to the store and sometimes what i'll do is i'll go drive around i i I like to go for a drive in fact i do a lot of my writing comedy writing doing that like i have to be in motion walking driving sitting on a subway train something i can't just sit at a at a notebook or whatever So I go for drives a lot. And um, other than that, like I haven't done much of anything. Like I've done a couple shows, but I've mostly stayed away from shows. I haven't even been doing a ton of writing because I need shows to write. You know what I mean? Like I I had not written anything from like March until like maybe June. Like I I had a lot of thoughts because that was also the, all the protests were going on, the George Floyd protests and the pandemic and the lockdowns, there's a lot going on. And I was like, just letting it slowly come into focus, but I hadn't really written anything specifically. And then someone texted me and said, hey, I got a show, an outdoor show on a rooftop. Do you want to do it? And I spent like a few hours thinking about whether I should or shouldn't. Cause this was like in June, it was still like, you know, things were beginning like that summer spike. And the moment he offered me that spot, my comedy brain turned right back on. And I started right. thinking of, oh, what's going on? Let me write... And, you know, I was like in my head writing bits again, you know, so I turned I turned that spot down. But then I got um, I finally got on stage. I did the in just north of Baltimore. I did that in October yep, yep. for five shows. And and I did a show with Arlington Drafthouse, just a one off show, like two weeks later both really big venues, both very spaced apart. And you can kind of, you know, carve out a little spot for yourself and not be near anybody if you want. So, you know, good for social distancing. And, but, you know, again, it's just like, as soon as I put those shows on my calendar, my mind is racing, thinking of material. So when when I, like, I'm not an always on kind of person, I'm like an always off kind of person and I have to be turned on, right. you know, <laughs> right. and like having gigs on the calendar turns me on. And yeah. so with, in the absence of that, that, I've just been kind of laid back, just waiting, waiting this thing out, you know, just waiting for this pandemic to end. And of course it's you know, not going to end for a while. So even taking a one-off gig, I'm like, what am I going to take a gig? Cause I tried it. And I'm like, what am I going to take a gig? And if I have a new bit, I can't go do it again three days from now to polish it up and do it again next week to polish it up and then do it again for the next couple of months to perfect it. I'm going to do a show. And then like six weeks later, do another show. And like two months later, do another show. Like, it doesn't matter. It's like, yeah, it doesn't work. It's, yeah, it's not, I mean, I, I remember
0: one I, um, you know, when I, well, when I'd be like working the road a lot Yeah, and I would find myself, you know, like I would literally, and I, I remember I, um, actually you was a, one of the people one time I had been out working the road for like literally like six weekends in a row. Yeah. And I came back and I, you know, I'd come to a wise, but, but I remember at one point I came back and I was doing a lot of the same material, whatever, whatever, but it was, but I would added shit in like, a, you know, adding little as they say, like add a, adding a little bits of clay to the Thing right, and you were like, I got off stage, and you're like, dude, that's <laughs> that's pretty good, man. And I was like, yeah, I've just been working a lot, <laughs>
1: yeah. You could tell, <laughs> like, so, oh, this guy's got polished like, this guy's been out there,
0: yeah. You know, you, I can mean, you just it. do it, you, I mean, but you, but I, yeah, I would definitely write, I definitely would write more when I was out working a lot, um, and when, yeah, but no, if I, but if I sat home. It's kind of like eh. but that's one reason why I like doing the podcast because you know, even when I do a solo episode or if I have my wife on or want to have guests on, stuff like that, you know, I I pretty much have to like write out every episode. And it's been it's been good as far as kind of, you know, uh jogging the comedy mind. But yeah. at the same time it's been like fuck. I would like I, you know, like I was, we were talking the other night. It's like, I was literally about to like, be like, I'm getting, I'm getting back on the fucking road doing some goddamn jokes. And then it was like, okay, everything shut down. I'm like, oh okay, uh, God, come on.
1: really? <laughs> right. Yeah. Six I mean, five. it's, it's, um, I have to do the same thing. I have to be on stage to write. I don't, I don't write on yeah. stage, but I have to be about to go on stage to right. write. And, and driving to the gig is where I come up with a lot of tag lines. And I'm just like in my head the whole time. And that's where I'm the most like active and my mind is fertile and all that stuff. And I also feel like, cause people, a lot of comics are worried about getting rusty, you know, like I'm not going to go on stage for six mm-hmm. months. I can't do that. I, I gotta, I, I can't be rusty. Well, sure you can. You, right? can, you can shake the rust off, but also once you've been doing it for so long, you don't go back down to zero. Right. You know, you know, like on who wants to be a millionaire. If like, if you miss the, question you go down to like $30,000 or whatever you don't go to $0 so like (laughs) yeah you'll lose you'll lose a little bit of your timing you'll lose hello hello
0: oh man Right. hey man sorry about that
1: you start bad mouth of verizon see what happens
0: yeah uh yeah i don't know what that i don't know i gotta call them but uh, anyways <laughs> um yeah that was i'll figure out a way to make all this work i don't know we'll see it'll be an interesting episode for the listeners I mean, the hell is going on with this who is what yeah um anyways but i was i was at uh actually about to uh wrap things up uh so but we were talking about the election yeah well like,
1: yeah i mean i think um you know this the the election just a lot of people have, have revealed who they really are and yep. we always kind of knew it we always just kind of thought oh you know it's just little pockets of crazy people here and there and and it turns out there's a lot more people than we thought and more than some people thought anyway and they're not going anywhere you know, and right. I've, I've seen people who were smart on paper turn into idiots on right. Facebook, you know, and start posting conspiracy theories and, you know, saying all kinds right. of outlandish shit. And, you know, for me, it's just I don't I don't have any hope for those people. I don't really care about them being redeemed. Um, I'm just at the point where I'm just like, fuck them, you know. Yeah, but, I, I am, too they're outnumbered if they don't suppress the votes they lose every election and obviously they're suppressing votes and they're doing all these things to hold power and all that but they're not honorable people um they're not good people and you know they don't have good intentions and so well it's um, also part of the
0: part of the problem is you know they just people are like oh well if my guy doesn't win then it doesn't then it's it has to be wrong right it's like no that's not the way it fricking
1: works, you know. Yeah, I mean it's, but you know they, I don't know if they really know that they're full of shit. They might deep down know that they're full of shit, but it doesn't. To me, it just doesn't matter. Any explanation they give is they want to hold on to white supremacy. You know, yeah. this is the lengths they're going to go to. They'd rather destroy the constitution, they'd rather destroy the government, they'd rather do all that than see white supremacy go away. Cause that's really what it comes down to. It's, it's about maintaining a certain power structure um, that benefits certain people yep. you know, to the detriment of others. And so this is, this is the, you know, white, white supremacy is, um, is very agile. I always say that it's uh you can't, it's hard to stamp it out. It's, it's just out there. And there are people who buy into this bullshit, you know, and, for me, it's like, if I'm not going to stay friends with anyone, I have I've written people off, you know, just through Facebook posts and stuff over the years. I don't have any family members. You know, people have that thing where they're like, Oh, but, but he's my uncle. You know, yeah. I don't yeah. have any family members that I've had to confront about that. But I, at this point, I'm just, there, there's no need for me to coddle those people or embrace them or try to understand them or any of that stuff. Yeah.
0: No, I've, I've said to people, and, well, you know, so friends of mine or like uh, my wife and stuff where I'm like, yeah, I'm literally still only friends with this person because I just want to see how crazy they could act.
1: I got a couple of those. I got a couple of people on Facebook. Yeah. They're my test cases. Yeah, um, I don't. I am unfollowed them, but I didn't unfriend them. And every now and then I'll just check in to see how far they've fallen. Yeah. And it's fucking fascinating how how quickly it happens, you know, yeah, and no, it's- and I'm sure this is already being studied, you know, and I'm sure it's going to be studied more and more as far as how people can fall down these rabbit holes and what the psychology is behind it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I'm at the point where I'm like, well, you know, let someone else carry the burden of having empathy for them. Let someone yeah. else burden with trying to redeem them. I'm not going to carry that burden. You know, that's I don't point, care. Yeah. and that's part of like going on the road too. There's a lot of those Trump people on the road. You go, you drive to these small towns, there's Trump signs everywhere. And, you go, you start doing a particular bit or talk about a particular topic. You see their faces change and you see their demeanor change. And it's like, well, fuck you, you know? Yeah. No, it's, it's. I don't want to entertain you either. I don't want to have, I don't want you to have a good time. tonight.
0: Yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, you know, I've gone places and I remember when me, my wife and my family went on vacation this summer and it was like, you know, I saw this giant truck that was on the side of 95 that was painted with, you know, reelect Donald Trump promises made pro. And I was just like, what the fuck? I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Like, that That's your, that's your opinion. But, you know, but, and then you go to like the local grocery store when you're down there or wherever, and you got some dude wearing a, you know, a tight wife beater and, He's got no mask on. His wife has a mask on, and doesn't look like she's very happy. And it's just like, you know, it's just, it's just the, you know, the the masker or not or It's like, you know, looking at each other, and the the not maskers just looking at you like, yeah, fucking say something. And then, the, of course, you know, like I, we, my wife and I, we were down there this, We were this summer. This lady, she had a mask on, right? Yeah, it was on her elbow. <laughs>
1: Why even bring it? Why bring it? If you're not going to wear it.
0: Yeah. That's what it was. She was was on, and the only reason she had it on her elbow was so that she could put it over her face when she went to the checkout counter.
1: Right. Otherwise you're all in danger. And that's, that's the thing. Those are the people who are most likely to have COVID, you know, like, like, Oh, she's not careful here. She's not careful anywhere. Exactly. And you don't know where she's been. So yeah, at this point, um, I'm done with those, with those people. There's no understanding them. All the little puff pieces about understanding the economic anxiety of the Trump voter. It's just trying to cover up the truth, which is, you know, they're generally racists, even if they don't feel like they are, even if they don't know they are, they are when you really examine it. And to me, racism is terrorism. Especially when it organizes into, like, neo-Nazis or the Proud Boys. God damn it. Why? Why? What the fuck? Hello? Hey, can you hear me?
0: Yeah, you there? Okay, yeah. All right. I guess that's
1: you then. It might, maybe it is. I, I could hear you saying hello. Oh,
0: uh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, what? Well, well, let's just, yeah, we'll just. Uh, yeah.
1: But my point, my point basically is that <laughs> racism when it when it organizes these groups is terrorism. It's a yeah. definition of terrorism, and we're supposed to have zero tolerance for terrorism. The right yeah. is that comes from the right. Zero tolerance for terrorists and zero tolerance for terrorism. Well using violence for a political end is terrorism. And that's what a lot of these groups are doing. And I know they're going to try to say Antifa and black lives matter, which is, a you know, t- calling them terrorists. is just a flat out lie, uh, uninformed lie. But, you know, if you're supposed to have zero tolerance for terrorism, then you can't have the unite the right rally. You can't have the proud boys. You can't have neo-Nazis can not have any of this shit.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, a, a lot, a lot, a lot of people, That's the thing I don't understand is where people they 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 fly a Nazi flag and then they also fly an American flag and it's like, you you (laughs) know how many people went and fought and died, killing the people who 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 flew those flag like you you fucking understand?
1: Yeah, or they'll 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 have the Confederate flag and the American flag. Yeah, it's like one of those countries attacked the other one.
0: Yeah, it's like are you? Yeah, it's like. uh, like flying a cowboys and a redskins
1: flag next to each other like we're the same
0: people no you're not
1: right we just love football (laughs) yeah
0: and i'm not saying one team is right over the other one i'm just saying like you know just the comparison of the two being completely opposite sides of the coin it's
1: incongruent you can't be both you know no No, you can't Yeah. And there's so much of that. It's just, it's just kind of cosplay at some point when they just grab the flags or put the gun on their hips and go running around. And, you know, there's, there's something else they're compensating for. There's some hole they're trying to fill, you know, it's not about whatever they say it's about. It's about something deeper. And I don't, I'm not going to dig to find it. That's right. They're across the bear.
0: My daddy Uh, never loved my racist roots.
1: Right. I mean, I'll pay attention to it because you gotta know what's going on, <laughs> but I'm not gonna be part of any redemption for people like that no, you know, I guess. they uh they i mean again my family's half my family is Iranian, you know like yeah they they wouldn't want us in the country you know they the only reason I don't look Iranian is because my dad is like fucking red hair freckle white guy, <laughs> you know like his whiteness just counteracted anything but right that's just luck, that's just pure just random dumb luck i mean i, I could look uh, i could look more middle eastern my cousins do who have you know a white father so it's like yeah those people they see me as a white guy so they i'm okay but what the fuck do they know they don't know anything about me they don't know anything about people i'm friends with and they just i don't care about making them feel better you know
0: i understand that
1: well we, so, we uh, dove deep on that one huh no more shows in Altoona. <laughs> no more shows
0: in Altoona, Pennsylvania. I just sorry, I was going to my notebook and then I, I just saw this one little note that I I put on here and it says, "How do you stop hating all the things you don't like about people?" <laughs> 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 and and then it, I and I think what I was saying when I wrote that was, you know. Like, you know, you you just sometimes you you just you see somebody standing there acting like an idiot saying some racist shit or doing whatever. And you're just like, how do I just not not hate you for being you know what I mean? Like, yeah, how how do I just not like you for just being complete total moron? Right. And it's just, it's gotten that point in time, like in, 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 society where it's like, you know, I'm tired of people going off because, you know, somebody tells them, Oh, you got to put a mask on. I'm tired of people saying, Oh, well, you know, you, you can't have this, you can't do that because you have to respect other people's boundaries and everything else. And it's just one of those things where it's just like, like, how do I not completely dislike these people? And but it's like, I can't, like, I can't, like, I, I, I would much rather, I would much rather be peaceful. We all get along. We're all good. Uh, right. know, that's what society's supposed to be. So I just thought it was funny how I, we were just talking about what we were talking about. <laughs>
1: well, said, you know, there's, there's value in, in, um, in hating people for the right reasons. Um, true. And I, maybe they would say the same thing back, but you know they're wrong and, and I'm right. So <laughs> right. I, guess, I guess maybe well, they would say the same thing. They would say that too, but it's, right. it's, just, it's just you got to. It's a defense thing. You've got to know. You got to know what you like. You got to know what you hate, so you don't become what you hate, and so you don't um, put yourself in the vicinity of what you hate. Right. No, you you got to know that about the world around you. So that's why you pay attention to shit like that.
0: Yeah, I've been trying to. Yeah, and, and and I've been trying to kind of tell my son about that lately because he's been very concerned and worried about it. I mean, he's seven years old, so he's kind of like, "Well, what's going on with this?" And it's just been kind of a thing. So,
1: yeah, you got to give him like a seven-year-old version of what's going on in the world.
0: Yeah, don't, yeah, like like I'm gonna. All right, well, son, these fucking people suck. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, daddy, bad words. All right.
1: You, you All toss right. up a beer. You're like, sit down.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: It's going to take a while, kid. <laughs> exactly. How much time you got? You got time? You got a little time? Yeah.
0: All right. Well, your mom's in the shower. All right. Let me, let me talk.
1: <laughs> right. Let's take a walk.
0: Yeah. So Andy Klein. I want to say John Miller. You. Yes. <laughs> I want to say thank you for being on the show. Uh, talking to you has been fantastic. I would love to have you back sometime.
1: Yeah, anytime, anytime.
0: Yeah. Um, it's been great. So I don't want to make too loud of people. You know, people got to drive to work and stuff, so we don't want to. No, no, no. But um, yeah. But thanks for being on the show. So, Andy Klein, uh, three guys on podcast, right? Yep,
1: three, three guys on
0: three G O. Right. Every for, Monday
1: and Thursday. Uh, Monday and Thursday
0: on uh, all major platforms, right?
1: Yeah, I think all the major platforms have it. I don't know if Tidal has it, but you know, all the places you go for podcasts. Right.
0: Apple, Spotify,
1: stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Podbean, cool. Stitcher, yeah, all the places.
0: Cool. Um and then also check out just your awesome uh comedy album, Andy Klein, Vintage.
1: Yeah, acts. give me a, a few streams, I'll make like 9 cents off of it, but uh it all counts. Every little bit.
0: Well, I mean, you never know. I mean, I you're, I don't know. Hopefully, maybe I don't know.
1: <laughs> I've got a few bucks off that. I've got a few bucks off streams, and it's been out for three years, so you know, I'm happy with that. Nice, nice. Yeah. Well, as long as you're making your money back from Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I did recoup the Facebook cost. Good,
0: good, good, good. I'm glad to hear that. It was great talking to you, man. Um, I gotta go do some stuff, uh, but
1: dude, it was
0: great, to, great to talk to you, man. I mean, like I said, you're you're a solid comic. Yeah, you're a nice guy. Like you know, I'm, yeah. I so, and I, I sincerely appreciate you being on the show, and I can't wait to uh, listen to this and publish it. And um, we're gonna <laughs> have you back again soon, man. I'm, I'm. Please, please tell. Please tell uh, the wifey, hey. Please tell yeah, I'll hey. do that. Yeah. Uh, and um, I hope she's well. And uh, pet all your um, your animal babies on the head.
1: Right. <laughs> the fur babies. The
0: fur babies.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, man. Absolutely. I just, yeah. I feel like we're hitting the limit. I mean, obviously, I mean, I, we could sit here and talk for hours, but it's, you know.
1: Right. There's a lot of stories.
0: <laughs> There's a lot of stories in the world. Um, but, uh, yeah, hit, but hit me up some other time. We don't have to be on a podcast. We can just talk.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: All right, man. Cool. Thank you so much for being on the Johnny Podcast. Episode number 27, seis. I've been your host, Johnny Miller. This has been my guest, Andy Klein. Yep. And uh, yeah, so we'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, man. Take care. All right, see you hey everybody so how was that huh did you have fun that was a good time (laughs) it was great to catch up with Andy again he's a he's a good dude he's a smart guy very great comic and uh that was awesome that was fun well I'll have my back on the show At some point, we just we just didn't have enough time to talk about everything that we wanted to talk about. And, you know, that's the way it goes. But, you know, save some for the sequel. It's it's the old adage, right? Right. Big appreciation to him for coming on the show. Make sure you check out his album Vintage. It's great. It really is. It's one of those albums that I I would listen. You know, it just reminds me of albums that, that I would listen to as a kid. Just over and over. So make sure you check that out, Vintage, Andy Klein, K-L-I-N-E, Andy Klein. Uh, also, uh, make sure you go and check out the podcast that he co-hosts, uh, which is Three Guys On. I think he said in the um, in the interview that, uh, I think it's three, T-H-R-E-E, Guys On. Um, yeah, it's a good podcast. It's a good listen too. So really, yeah. A lot of thanks to him for doing that, and um, sorry about the audio. I'm working on it, people. You know, I got the studio stuff, which um, studio stuff, which I'm using now, but the remote stuff's a little different, and um, I'm working on improving it. So brings me to my next point, right? Like, subscribe, download, listener support buttons, right? You want to throw me a buck or two? You can do that. Help me, maybe you know next uh, next couple episodes will probably be just me or uh, Liz will probably join in at some point. Um, so, yeah. But, as I always say, if it comes down to me or charity, give it to the charity, okay? Yeah, Feed More. Big organization helping out right now. People in America need food, right? Uh, Feeding America. Another, another uh, organization that does that. No Kids Hungry. Um, You know, as I always, you know, and I reiterate this, you know, a lot of kids, they're in virtual school, but, you know, they're a lot of these kids and I I saw it as a kid and it happens today. You know, a lot of these children, their best meals of the day come from when they are at school. So make sure we do that. No kids hungry. All right. Very important. Uh, Wounded Warrior Project. Uh, another organization that is near and dear to my heart. Um, you know, our brave men and women that have served our country have gone, and uh, they have come home with uh, physical or uh, inter, you know, internal mental issue, you know, whatever. And they deserve our support. They need our support. They've earned it. So Wounded Warrior Project, uh, they help out in a lot, a lot of ways, especially in this day and age where. With all this craziness, um, and then uh, in my area, I'm not sure where, where you're you're at. I have listeners from different places, but it's uh, it's Puritan Cleaners. Uh, but there's other places uh, you can you can help out with. Um, but it's called Coats for Kids. Um, so you can either take a gently used uh, coat to the cleaners; they'll clean it. And then distribute it to a child in need, or you can buy a brand new coat, take it to the same place, uh, and uh, yeah, just and they'll distribute it. But just yeah, just look it up. Coats for kids. All right. I mean, I'm just saying. How many people listening to this podcast have never, you know, not been outside at some point, being like, "God damn it, I wish I had a better coat." Well, yeah, these kids deserve it. They need it. Let's keep them warm. Winter's coming, people. Winter's coming. Um, yeah. So, once again, thanks to Andy Klein for being on the show today, which was actually last night, but I'm posting it today, which is December tenth, 2020, episode number 27, 27. Yeah. Did I say it right in the interview? I might have said it wrong. Shit. Oh, well. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> thank you for listening to episode number 27 of the johnny podcast i've been your host johnny miller take care of yourselves take care of each other okay come on let's get our let's get our stuff together all right i'll talk to you all soon and uh all right